Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. What does repent mean? Repent means a change in thinking that results in a change of living. Jesus said no one could enter the kingdom of God by living the same way they were living. You have to change direction. You have to change your way of living. You know, very often when people hear the word repent or be sorry, they're sorry because they got caught, but they're not sorry enough to change. What does true repentance look like? Today, Pastor Mark will challenge listeners to build credibility in their apologies by the way they act. Specifically for Christ followers, if we've confessed our sins and asked for repentance, our lives should reflect a changed nature. Too many people today are displaying a repentant spirit only because they fear the consequences of their actions. The Lord wants us to fight our sin nature, not routinely look for ways to briefly cover its exposure. What about you today? When you say, I'm sorry, can others believe that without any doubt? Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with his continuing study entitled, Armageddon, Second Coming, and the Millennium. Picture this now, Kodak moment. He just lifts up in front of them and goes into the sky. This is time for an H word. You don't think you'd be saying that? What is that? And they're so engrossed with it, the angel has to say to them, Hey, look what he says. Men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking up in the sky? This same Jesus, the same Jesus who has been taken from you, do we know where he went? Into heaven. This same Jesus will come back, notice, in the same way you have seen him go. Promised, fulfilled. He would come back in the same way, visible, bodily, Everyone can see him. This same Jesus. He promised he's coming back. About 500 or 600 years before Zechariah made this promise. Notice Zechariah 14.4. On that day, his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives. By the way, when Jesus left in Acts 1 and went to heaven, where were his feet before he left? On the Mount of Olives. The very same mountain. He says, on that day, his feet will stand in the Mount of Olives, east of Jerusalem, and the Mount of Olives will split in two from east to west. This is at the end of all the battles. His, he'll go into Jerusalem and stand there, and it will split from, in two from east to west, forming a great valley with half of the mountain moving north 
and half moving south. 500 years before Jesus, this was predicted. Now, we're 2,000 years past that. Is it going to happen? It is going to happen. And when his feet touch that ground, we know that the world has gone crazy. The mountains are down. The cities are destroyed. There is a fault all the way through. We're already known the Mount of Olives. And what's going to happen? It's a beautiful picture. I don't have time this morning. But what's going to happen? When that mount splits from east to west, what's going to happen is fresh water is going to come out. And you know where it's going to go? It's going to hit the Jordan River. And it's going to go all the way down. And it's going to go into the Dead Sea. And the Dead Sea is going to come alive. So I just want you to write this down today. Sometimes we forget it. God keeps all his promises. Time for an H word. Let me give you a couple promises today. He who began a good work in you will complete it. There is no weapon formed against you that will prosper. Jesus said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. Jesus said this through the scriptures. Wisdom is knowing God. Do you need wisdom? James says this, ask and it will be given. You see, God always keeps his promises. Then we discover in Revelation 1.9 at the start of this great picture that John has. Look, he comes with the clouds of heaven and everyone will see him. Even those who pierced him. And all the nations of the world will mourn for him. You see, the second coming is very different than the rapture. The second coming, he actually comes to the earth. And he comes to finish judgment. Over with. Finished. He comes with the saints, not for the saints. Literal. Visible to the entire world. Now, when he comes and he stands on that mountain... What's going to happen to the world? We're coming with him. We will see it. What's it going to be like? Well, turn back to Revelation 19. Let's see how this war ends. Remember all these signs and natural phenomena all over the place? At the end of the battle, it's won. The vultures are out eating the flesh of Millions and millions, probably billions of people. Revelation 19, verse 20. But the beast was captured. And with him the false prophet. Who had performed the miraculous signs on his behalf. Let me just stop there. With these signs he deluded those who had received the mark of the beast. And worshipped his image. The two of them were thrown alive into the fiery lake of burning sulfur. Pastor Mark, I don't believe in that stuff. Continue with that, and that's where you will be. See, it's the lake of fire. That's the final destination of all who refuse Jesus Christ. Really? Look at verse 21. The rest of them were killed with the sword that came out of the mouth of the rider on the horse. Remember, Jesus? One word, the battle is over. And all the birds gorge themselves on their flesh. You see, Satan and all the armies of the world are totally defeated. God wins. He destroys all the wicked people. 
They're sent to a place, a holding tank, until the great white throne judgment. None of those people will enter the millennium. Now, many Christians will enter the millennium in their natural bodies. Now, what happens after all of that? Well, go on down to chapter 20, verse 1. So we have two of the unholy trinity taken care of. What about Satan? And I saw an angel coming down out of heaven, having a key to the abyss or the bottomless pit, and holding in his hand a great chain. And he seized the dragon, the ancient serpent, who is the devil or Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. Notice an angel does this. Satan is not equal to God. He's a created being. So an angel is able to overpower. Just an angel is over to power Satan, because that's all Satan was, was an angel who fell. And he seized that dragon, that ancient servant, who was the devil or Satan, and bound him for how long? 1,000 years. That's where the millennium comes in. That's where we, and you'll see the millennium, 1,000 years, over and over and over again in this passage, Revelation 20. And he threw him in the abyss, or the bottomless pit, and locked and sealed it over him to keep him from deceiving the nations anymore until the thousand years were ended. After that, Satan must be set free for a short time. So we'll talk about why God allows him in the end to be freed after a thousand years. So here you have a picture of the defeat of Satan, all the armies, the Antichrist, the false prophet going to the lake of fire. They're done with forever. And the other people who are not believers are set aside. They will be judged later, put in the lake of fire. And Jesus begins this reign on earth. It's a thousand years. It's a place of peace. It's a place of prosperity. It will be like the Garden of Eden. Just incredible, beautiful. See, this is the answer to the prayer we started with. Thy kingdom, tell me, come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This will be the first time since the Garden of Eden where the will of God is done on earth. Jesus Christ will rule with an iron scepter. He will be here for a thousand years with us. Notice what Revelation 11, 1, 11, 15 says. The kingdom of this world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign, say it with me, forever and ever. H-word, H-word, H-word. Another H-word, hallelujah. Now, how long is a thousand years? Well, there isn't anybody in here who's lived even a hundred years. That's just 10 times. In perfect paradise, new body, 611. But guys, that's just the beginning. He will reign for how long? Not a thousand years. Forever and ever and ever. It's going to be absolutely incredible. Well, this is the day we've been waiting for. No more sickness, no more sorrow, no more disaster, no more terrorists, no more murderers in the malls or in the churches. So what about the kingdom of God? What is that all about? Turn with me to Mark chapter 1. Vieira, Mark chapter 1, verse 15. Early in his ministry, Jesus taught about two spiritual kingdoms. Now, we're not familiar with a king, but Jesus was. Mark chapter 1, verse 15. Notice what Jesus says. 
The time has come, in verse 15. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. You see, there's only two spiritual kingdoms in this world. And in this room, and in Vieira, and even watching by the internet, everyone belongs in one of two kingdoms. What kingdom you're in when you die determines where you spend eternity. Oh, there's not a, there's not a middle kingdom. You know, we have Republicans, Democrats, and some people are going to vote independent. No, 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 there's, there's two kingdoms. Notice, the kingdom of Satan, where Satan rules, and the kingdom of God, where God rules. We are just people that are in one of those two kingdoms. Every person, amazingly, we forget this, is born in the kingdom of Satan, separated from God, headed for eternity in hell forever. That's what happened when Adam and Eve fell. That sin nature went to all mankind. So, how is my grandson going to get to heaven? Well, at some day, he's got to change kingdoms. We saw these beautiful kids here, and Vieira had their children's choir today. These beautiful kids who have already, at a young age, what? Changed kingdoms. See, the only thing that you and I have to think about today is this. Jesus said to his disciples, the kingdom of God is on hand. It's here. Now, do two things. You need to repent. And then you simply need to believe. One day, Paul wrote about Jesus. He said this in Colossians. For Jesus has rescued us from the one who rules in the kingdom of darkness... And he has brought us into the kingdom of his dear son. God has purchased our freedom with his blood. And he has forgiven all our sins. You see, in many churches today, you'll never hear the term, the blood of Christ. What kind of a bloody religion is that? Well, you need to understand that the Bible says this. If there is no shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. See, my medical background tells me the very thing that God told early on in the book of Genesis. The life of man is in the blood. You drain the blood, no life. So there had to be a perfect sacrifice. That was Jesus. He couldn't just give a pint. He had to give his whole life. And when he did, he purchased the ability for every man, woman, and child to change kingdoms. But they would have to do Two things. Jesus just said it. Write this down today. Number one, anyone can change kingdoms by doing these two things. See, it's not exclusive. Doesn't matter what your background is. Doesn't matter how many times you fail. Doesn't matter what you've got yourself into. Any person can change because Jesus came for the whole world. Well, what are those two things? Number one, Jesus said you have to repent. What does repent mean? Repent means a change in thinking that results in a change of living. Jesus said no one could enter the kingdom of God by living the same way they were living. You have to change direction. You have to change your way of living. You know, very often when people hear the word repent or be sorry, they're sorry because they got caught, but they're not sorry enough to change. Let me give you an idea. We've all been there. We've been driving down the road. Our mind is kind of off the car. And pretty soon we look up in the mirror. And in the mirror is a friendly person behind us. 
And we immediately look down at the speedometer. And what happens if we happen to be speeding? What, what happens to your heart? Cool, no big deal. Right? Hey, man. No, what happens is this? Being to sweat a little bit. And you're wondering. And all of a sudden, he pulls around you and you go, uh oh, uh oh, and he goes right on by. It's time for an H word. <laughs> Hallelujah. Woo, he's gone. Right? Now, what if he doesn't go by? What if he goes like this? Then he comes to the car. Officer, I'm very sorry. See, we're very repentant. Why? Not because we're speeding, because we got... You've been there, haven't you? Now, see what happens. Many people come to a church service, and they're wise enough to say this. I'm ready to change kingdoms, man. I'm not, I don't want to go in the lake of fire. I don't have, man, how do I do it? Repent. I'm sorry for my sins. Praise God. See ya. No. That's repent with the mind, but no change in action. There has to be a lifestyle change. That's why we don't use the term Christian too much anymore. You have to become a follower of Jesus Christ. The second thing you have to do is believe. In the Greek, this term believe is different than many of us. Believe is a person to know God personally. We, when we say believe, we kind of think head. But it's not really head. It's a relationship of dependence and trust. You see, when I change kingdoms, I now submit to the king. I do life God's way. Currently, you say, well, I'm doing my life my own way. Why would I? No, you're not doing your life your own way. You're doing life Satan's way. I am not. You're deceived. You're nothing but a pawn of Satan. There's only two kingdoms. There's not kingdom of Satan, kingdom of you, and the kingdom of Mark Balmer. You're in one of two. And when I submit to a king, I obey the king. So there has to be this belief. A belief that has a relationship of trust and dependence. See, there's warfare always happening in our lives. Jesus then made a bold statement. It's a statement that includes a term that maybe some of you don't like. Look what he says in John 3, 3. Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. So to change kingdoms, a person has to confess with their mouth, believe in their heart that Jesus is Lord, and then simply follow Jesus Christ. They enter a spiritual warfare, but now they're on the other team, the winning team. As we're studying end times, we're in the battle for one thing. We forget this very often. We're in the battle for the souls of men and women. There's spiritual warfare in this room, in the internet, watching from Vieira today. Look what Jesus said one day, Mark 16. And he told them, go into all the world, preach the good news to everyone, everywhere. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. But anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. Well, Pastor Mark, what, what responsibility do I have with all this stuff? What does it mean to me at all? Come on. I, I like the stuff. I like the end time stuff. But what in the world am I supposed to do with it? Listen, listen. Two things. Number one, get in the right kingdom. Number two, we have to be praying for our relatives, our friends, our coworkers, the students around us who are not in the kingdom of God. They're clueless. We have to pray that their eyes would be open. You need to invite them to church. You need to get them a DVD and the CDs and begin talking about. See, there's only two kingdoms. 
You see, the church is in four walls. In Vieira, you're in four walls. But the moment we leave this building, we take the good news to the world. It's outside of here. There are no angels flying around with the gospel message today. There are not 144,000 Jewish Christians taking the There are not witnesses that have been coming from heaven down here. It's you and it's me. We are battling for the souls of men and women, our friends, our loved ones. Well, Paul said this in Romans, for the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Some of you think in the kingdom of Satan there's righteousness, peace, and joy. No, sin is pleasurable, but for a season, there's death in the kingdom of Satan. You see, we're right with God, we have peace with God, and I have a joy, listen, that's unspeakable. But I want to say something to you. My security is not in man. My security is in Jesus Christ. You, you say, well, we're not safe in this world. You're exactly right. It's not only the church. When's the last time you were to a mall? You're not safe in a mall. We're not safe anywhere. But I'm safe in Jesus Christ. Why? If all of a sudden I'm taken out of this world, I'm in heaven, absent from the body, present with the Lord. Now, see, you can't get that in the kingdom of Satan. It's impossible. So the kingdom of God is right, being right with God, right with God, peace, peace, joy. It's time for an H word. Hallelujah. Is it the best lifestyle in all the world? You got it. It is. I want to ask you something this morning. Here's what I want to ask you. Which kingdom are you in? You see... Are you in the kingdom of God or the kingdom of Satan? Well, Pastor Mark, I'm, I'm not sure. Then I know which kingdom you're in. See, if you're in the kingdom of God, you know it. Because there's peace. One day Jesus said a very, very defining statement. He who is not with me is against me. Well, I'm not against God. If you're not in his kingdom, you are. You see, if you're not following Jesus, you're not following Jesus. If you're not following Jesus, you're against Jesus. If you're not following Jesus, you are in the kingdom of Satan. I can tell you this from my own life personally and been dealing with people over the last 50 years in ministry. You will never get your life straightened out until you change kingdoms and get in to the kingdom of God. You never will do it. Remember the Lord's Prayer? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Then it ended with this. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know what God's will is today? That every single person change kingdoms. There are only two spiritual kingdoms in this world. And every person belongs in one. The kingdom of Satan, where Satan is the ruler. Or the kingdom of God, where God is the ruler. Today, Pastor Mark taught us that there's no riding the fence when it comes to eternal destination. In order to enter God's kingdom, we must repent and believe in Jesus. Have you made the right choice today to choose Jesus Christ over this world? Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. 
The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. What all can we expect during Christ's 1,000-year reign on earth? In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will teach listeners about the millennial reign that is to follow the seven-year tribulation. The curse on nature will be removed, the length of life will be increased, and there will finally be perfect justice. These are just a few of the many great things that Jesus will bring when he returns to reign on earth. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. Here